0: Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Raider Power to the People. I'm David Wolverton here with my good friend Kevin Reed. We're broadcasting across the country. Kevin's in Virginia. I'm holding it down here in Austin, and we are two Texas Tech grads just wanting to make an
1: amazing football podcast
0: for you. How are you doing, Kevin?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for talking. and doing a little intro there, David. Um, I'm looking forward to just discussing <laughs> some of the, um, the you know, players and just the preview today. And I think one of the best things we can do is start off with dolphins. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for obviously fall camp is going to be starting soon. Uh, the season is just almost a couple of weeks away, maybe three or four weeks away. It cannot come any sooner. Let me say that. But, um, in terms of the offense, what am I most excited for? I mean, you have to say number 5, Patrick Mahomes. He's a stud coming back for his junior year, and it feels like he's, you know, got a full command of the offense, I think. You know, Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes have an amazing relationship, and I'm I'm really pumped to see what they
1: can produce on the field. Did y'all see the video of Patrick throwing the ball 70 yards to like a simple little flick of his wrist? Did yeah. It earlier it, on the summer.
0: Yes, he's a stud. We all know that, to be true.
1: (laughs) Um, So with Patrick Mahomes, what do you think is some of the stuff he needs to work on this year to make sure that he has more success?
0: I think what he can do to have more success is make the easy, quick plays where instead of trying to get a home run on the play, uh, he probably watched a lot of Brett Favre growing up, but instead of trying to make a 55-yard pass, just make the 5-yard pass, you know, Second and second and five is much better than second ten, and that's just something that, you know, he probably in high school could always make that play. in the, In the Big Twelve, it's a little bit different. The defenses aren't perfect by any means, but you know, you got to make the five and six yard play sometime, and that's where, you know, uh, Justin Stockton can come in and make the easy easy play. DeAndre Washington was a great safety net for the offense last year, so we'll see kind of what the running back
1: um, can offer. I would agree entirely with him being able to just check down to the receivers and not look for the home run ball. And one of the things I do think, though, is his biggest ability is just to scramble and just chunk it deep. And Mm -hmm. with Lardell coming back, that will definitely give him back another home run ball. My biggest thing is he always seems to try to do a little too much on third down. And instead of taking five, six yards, putting the punt team back on there, Um, just the way our defense has been playing, he always tries to make a big play. If you remember Arkansas, he threw two interceptions. Both of them were basic. One was a tip pass, if I remember correctly, and the other was just a throw into double coverage deep. He did the same thing. It was
0: essentially you could just say that it was a punt. I know exactly what you're talking about in Arkansas. I believe it was in the first half. And, yeah, I mean, it's like you throw in a 50-yard pass and you could have just maybe thrown a shorter pass, but it's essentially a punt. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, our first game – playing the Stephen F. Austin and the Lumberjacks September third. Obviously you can work out some of the kinks, but um I, I, from what I've read and what I've heard, like the the defense is certainly improving, so I feel like those longer passes aren't as available. In practice, obviously the wide receivers are studs, but you know, the shorter the shorter the shorter game is gonna have to supplement uh, those longer passes that Coach Kingsbury and Mahomes want to set up.
1: I agree. And also I think one of the things we need to bring up is our defense has, you know, even though they've given up more yards and points, they were this year better than they were last year with allowing less first downs, less penalties, mm-hmm. and create more turnovers, which is one of David yeah. Gibbs' signature system. And um, just kind of he fired – basically Kingsbury fired everyone except for Zach Spividal, whose brother – is now coaching, I think Davis Webb in California. So that's right. That's right. Uh, so overall, it's kind of interesting just how that family's all locked up with Kingsbury. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have going to be a really massive change yeah. right there. Yeah,
0: and it's it's real. I'm just so pumped to see Patrick because he's obviously developed. You know, when he came in for those. For three or four games, his freshman year, obviously Tech was down in the dumps. They had that four and eight season. So he came in and nearly beat Baylor by himself, pretty much. Um, you know, the end of the season that forty eight, forty six loss, but you could see you could see some great potential in a couple of the games: Oklahoma State, UT, Baylor, and another one that I'm forgetting. But um, when you think about potential on the quarterback roster, obviously you have Mahomes, QB one. Nick Shimonik is QB2, and then Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year, Jet Duffy. Uh, I'm excited to see him run the Jet sweep in a couple of years, but I, I really I don't know if he's going to redshirt. It all depends on Patrick's health. What are you thinking?
1: I think you're – I don't have to agree 100%. I think Nick is going to be the backup mostly because yeah. he is the senior quarterback, and it will give more time for Jet to play and relax. And even Jet, when he came on, mentioned – that he was expecting to be at a red training this year, not even taking the seeing the field, which is yeah. the perfect role he should have. Um, I think yeah. I'm really excited for Jet, but I think everyone always sleeps on Nick. And you remember he transferred in from Iowa as a walk-on; didn't even get a scholarship offer from Tech for a little bit. And after that, he actually I think helped us land Derek Willis, who was also one of his teammates. So he's a nice recruiter
0: obviously he doesn't have a skill set of Mahomes and Jet Duffy but he's a recruiter and it's very valuable to have a good backup i mean i'm i think that Mahomes is a pretty tough cat obviously he was kind of nicked up early of the in the 2015 season when he got and he kind of got dinged up in arkansas and the TCU games but he played through kind of the lower the lower body leg injuries for the first half of the season and finally got healthy towards the end because he was just tearing it up offensively. But I oh, yeah. I think from a strategy standpoint and a timing standpoint, it it would be really beneficial if the freshman Jet Duffy could stay on the bench and learn from the best quarterback coach in the country and learn from one of the best in the country in the homes. I think that, for the you know 2018 2019 seasons, if we're wanting to look long term, I think you want Jet Duffy to stay on the bench, and keep his arm loose. You know, learn, improve his mechanics, learn from two of the best in
1: the country right now. I would for sure agree with that. And yeah. as a Cliff now has four quarterbacks that's played for him that've started. Um, end call. <laughs> you know, we have uh, Brewer at Virginia Tech. we got Baker Mayfield at um, good old OU, and then now Davis Webb at California. So I think Cliff yeah. is starting to get go down as a quarterback whisperer.
0: He seriously is. He's, he's insane.
1: <laughs> and did he, did he actually recruit Kenny Hill at A&M, or is
0: that – I'm sure he assisted – I I mean it's got to be. It's like, you know, the work that he did with Manzel and I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure that he assisted getting Kenny Hill at least when
1: Kenny was a junior in high school. Yeah, and we actually may get to see Kenny Hill this year, but we'll talk about him a little bit later on in the podcast. That's right. And with that, um do you have anything else to say about our quarterback situation except that uh, we're stacked this year? No, I
0: think that that covers it. I think that There are 99% of teams in college football would love to have Texas Tech football situation having number five Patrick Mahomes out there, the
1: stud junior. Yeah, and he's also a top five junior quarterback draft pick right now. So Mm -hmm. let's hope that keeps on going. Yeah. And so the next um, group of people is, this is always weird to say, but the last three years I feel Tech has had nothing but a bunch of running backs that each one of them can take the ball and actually play like there's no tomorrow. And we'll start off with number four, the speed demon himself, Justin Stockton, who, this is even more weird, a Tech running back is on an award list for the Walker, which is the best running back award. It's been a while, huh? (laughs) It has. Um, What is it, the, the Texas
0: Tech Ricky Williams, not the UT Ricky Williams? Who won an award last like eighteen years ago?
1: I think so too, um if I remember correctly
0: yeah, yeah. but well justin Justin Stockton, obviously, like you mentioned it, he's a speed demon, you know, I kind of think of him as that home run hitter you know can come in get the 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 hopefully the five yard catch and turn it into a fifteen twenty yard play, but from what I've heard and what I've been reading. It seems like he's going to be that go-to guy. Um he's obviously number 1 in the depth chart for the Big 12 media days last month. And he's maybe he's not just that quick track star. He's not that Oregon type running back who will come in for, you know, 30% of the time. Maybe he is going to be uh, your workhorse. Obviously, the new strength and conditioning coach, Rusty Witt, has been getting after these kids and you know, turning him from kids to men. So, obviously, he's increased his muscle capacity. So, I'm excited to see what
1: he can do. I think he's weighing about 200 pounds now, which is up from, I think, 190-ish. So, that's 10 more pounds of muscle for a guy who's like 5'10". Yeah. And he's not really that big. But I'm kind of concerned about having him being our only main running back where he – just because he is not used to taking the workload. And last year mm-hmm. he did kind of struggle. I'll, I'm trying to think of any game. I think, I'm trying to go off, I think Iowa State was the only game where he had over 100 yards. And maybe yeah. that's the only game last year he had over 50 yards. Because I know when he was in the backfield, a lot of defenses would key on him. And make exactly. Him. And so he is going to have a lot more of an uphill battle. And I kind of think if we look through our running backs, I think Demarcus Felton has a very big say into what's going on next year. Um, Do you think he'll see the field more? I think so. Um, he is a little bit of a bigger back. If you remember against LSU, when Washington kind of got banged up on one of the goal line plays, they didn't put Stockton in, they put Felton in. And Felton yeah. got stopped immediately. But yeah. to his defense, no one could run on that LSU defense with our the line they were
0: play. I think a lot of the running backs' success is going to be predicated on the offensive line, which is kind of, I would say, the biggest question on the offense is the big guys up front. Can they block for these running backs? Obviously, Stockton can get out to the outside better than most players, most running backs in the Big 12, but can he run up the middle? Can he do the counters? Can he get in the interior of – of the of the defense, and can he get to that sort of middle linebacker next level getting to the safety. So if he can get some great production in his offensive line, obviously he can burst through the holes that the offensive linemen make. But to your point, Felton is that bigger guy maybe if we need
1: to kind of go ground and pound uh, for a series or two. Well, going ground and pound, what about Corey Dolphine, who's just as quick, if not quicker than Stockton? <laughs> I know. and I know. I'm so is, excited for this kid. <laughs> um, I saw a picture of him a couple of days ago, and that guy looks like a man. <laughs> uh, I haven't
0: seen him in since maybe May or June online, but I'm going to pull him up right now and get a man crush on <laughs> Because the guy is just jacked. He's huge. Here. When you pull him up, just
1: I just want to hear your reaction right when you do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as I said, out of our running back group, it's going to just be amazing because not, those three are going to, I think, be our biggest one. I know that Ward's going to get a chance to compete, but I don't think Ward's going to see the field as much as – because I think Dauphine was bigger and stronger than Ward, and he didn't mm-hmm. even have a hope to see the field. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think – I want to throw out a random – maybe not random, but see what you think about this comparison. When I look at Corey Dauphine – Something reminds me of Adrian Peterson. I don't know why. I don't know if it's validated, but just from a pure look standpoint in terms of this guy looks like a man amongst boys,
1: I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm giddy. (laughs) And that's kind of, if you look over him and Pearson, both I think are pretty similar backs just size-wise because Pearson was six. 6'2", 210, and we'll see. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to remember Corey Dolphine, but he was also a pretty big boy, but remember, he never really got that many carries in high school. Yeah. um, By the way, uh, Dolphine was 6'1", 180. So, he was about 30 pounds more muscle than he was. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm
0: I'm excited for him. I think that he's going to be – obviously, he's a great track star, but – I'm excited for what he can do. Maybe he will succeed Washington and become one of the best tech running backs the program has ever seen.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. He has he has all the potential in the world. He has the speed, the size, the power. Um, and I think the biggest issue he'll have is he will not be able to get the ball as much as he would need to. I don't think Justin Stockton is going to be our team lead rusher this year either. I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, just because I feel just because have- it's going to be so dispersed. Is that kind of your thinking there? I'm thinking that. Um, also our team is probably going to have closer to 2,000 yards rushing. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the big things we're going to see a lot more with, especially with, um, Felton, Stockton, Dolphine, maybe War taking carries along with Mahomes and taking carries. If Nick Simonick is our quarterback, he's not going to be taking carries. Um, so oh, it would sure. be a different thing. And then we have our long gloss. I think he's a senior now, but he seems like he's been on this team for years. Quentin White, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: who is now one of our fullbacks, along with the Houston transfer Stice. And as a Quentin, if he gets the ball, he's just as quick as Felton and Stockton and Dolphine. It's just as a, I think Tech probably has the second best running combination in all the Big 12 this year. Who's uh, number be- one? Oklahoma, hands down. Yep. Yeah. You can't compete it. with Pride <laughs> pride and Mixon. Um, even though I, all of our running backs are at least better behaved than Mixon, who still the tape just mysteriously disappears. But we won't get into. Who knows?
0: Maybe it'll be released right before the uh, U of H game. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. He may. He'll yeah. just do you know a pregame suspension or something like that, and be able to play.
0: Some something like that. We'll see what Bob Suits has. So obviously, <laughs> running back Texas Tech is certainly set. Um, something that you couldn't even say five, six years ago. But yeah. let's turn to the glamour position of the Red Raiders. We've had so many amazing receivers in the past 15, 20 years since Leach took over for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I mean, I feel like there's maybe 50 wide receivers on this roster. What do you
1: think? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the only thing we we recruit now are the backs and wide receivers. Yeah, <laughs> um, And it's kind of interesting where if we looked at A&M when Cliff was there, the one thing he really wanted to get was height. And last year, our leading receiver was like 5'7", maybe 5'8 yeah. on tippy-toes. And that's just <laughs> something which um, is incredible, just how talented Jakeem was and one of the reasons why he got drafted. But we didn't have any real big wide receivers that could come out and play. And that was kind of an interesting situation where Dylan Cantrell got hurt real early and basically had to take a redshirt year. And we just didn't have anyone that was over six three playing. So all of our guys were six foot, and it was just kind of an interesting situation where we didn't have that guy to go for a jump ball. But like the year before, we had Jace and Eric Ward, who both could go for the jump ball, but we just didn't have anyone on last year's team, which I think hurt us a lot.
0: I think that did hurt us. It, I think it hurt us in the red zone when we had to settle for Field goals because the second and third down we just couldn't throw that fade. I know that Lauderdale caught a few fade passes, but obviously you got to have a tall guy. You got to have someone who can just out physical
1: the cornerback.
0: You need someone who's large
1: and in charge. <laughs> I would I would agree 100% on that, and I think we found that this year with Derek Willis coming in. Mhm. Um, and as I said, he was a covet, you know, five-star Juco player and, uh, rival time, I think at a four-star, but he is going to be hopefully the answer to that question where he can go up, make the tough catches. And, uh, did you see his box jump 60 inches with a weighted vest?
0: Yeah, I was jealous. I want to be able to do that when I grew up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone on the team wants to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, looking,
0: at the depth, looking at the depth chart, Derek Willis is the ex-wide receiver, and then he has Tony Brown behind him. Obviously, the depth chart is subject to change. It could change every day for all, all we know from Kingsbury and team. But it's looking like he's certainly going to be a starter, just from a pure talent standpoint. Obviously, the junior transfer was one of the best in the JUCO ranks, as you said just a moment ago.
1: Um, just out of curiosity, we've guess how many people caught a pass last year for tech? 12, 13, Six, something like 16 that. 16 people total. Goodness. Um, Goodness. Would you like to hear the best? Um, and out of the 16 people I caught, would you like to hear the craziest name that caught a pass? What's his name? Raven Clark.
0: Oh, wow. Wait. What kind of play? Was it a trick play, or was it like a, a tip, fumble sort of catch?
1: It was, I forgot, but I think it was against TCU. or It was one of the games we were losing, and the ball was thrown, and the guy batted it, and Lou Raven caught it and ran for about 13 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest moment of his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> he almost had the game-winning against TCU, too. He got, he got knocked out of the five, which when you see a big man running. Yeah. Yeah, so. man! What a
0: what a great what a great player.
1: <laughs> um, so here's a question: Do you think any of our wide receivers will make all Big 12 this year? Hmm. Big 12?
0: That's uh, I don't know
1: because we've got so many
0: we've got so many great ones. I don't know just from a statistic standpoint, will any of them? go over a thousand yards or whatever the kind of the average margin is to attain that, that award. I don't know. I think we might have three or four get, you know, five to 700 yards. So we'll have maybe the fourth through the ninth best wide receivers in the league, but I don't think we're going to be right at the top. I think, you know, Baylor has that in terms of Katie Cannon, but We'll see. I think it remains to be seen. I think Oklahoma State has got a great wide receiver. I, I can't think of his name, but at Iowa State, they've got a stud wide receiver. So I'm thinking maybe second big team. I'll put money on that, but I won't put money on first team for Big 12. What
1: about you? I would agree with you. I think the biggest issue we're going to have a wide receiver and running back is there's so many players that can take care of yeah. Um, Yeah. Where unless a guy becomes the man, which last year was Jakeem, um, this year, that's tough to say. You know, we have a home run threat in Devin Lauderdale. We have a jump ball threat in Willies and, you know, Cantrell. Um, we mm-hmm. may, if Dante Thompson makes the roster, we may have another jump ball threat on him. And when I say make the roster, I mean make the playable roster. He's sure from everything that's still on the team and contributing, just not at that level, you yeah.
0: know. Well, you know, in the first game against Stephen F. Austin in early September, obviously I think that they're going to try to spread it around. They're going to see what players can do um, against other opponents, you know, actually tackling and having another team tackle you. And then in Arizona, I think the second game against Arizona State at the Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, I think that they're going to try to nail down, okay, these are our three go-to guys, and then – you know La Tech by week in Kansas. So I think basically by Kansas, which is our fourth game of the season, week 5, I think that we're going to know who our number 1 is. I mean, I I think a lot of people would put money on Devin Lauderdale if he has, you know, if he has a f- great first couple of games, but you just have so many so many sidekicks, so many great options that are not true number ones. From what we know now, this could change the first months of the season. From, from what we know now, it seems like from a talent standpoint, Derek Willies and Devin Lauderdale are those
1: number one guys. Yeah, um, and also, what do you think about the play where um, Cameron Bratson has now been told that he was the fastest guy on the field which and had supposedly the best summer? Yeah, I've
0: heard Mahomes say that. Batson had a very impressive spring. Maybe that means that he made the most improvement. I don't know exactly what Mahomes' what Mahomes's intention was with that quote, but obviously that's high praise from the person you want to, you know, the person you want giving the praise. So I think Cameron Basson is going to be returning punts. I don't know about kickoffs this year, but he's going to have several chances a game to – you know, get open, make catches, and I'm excited for you know, yak, yards after carry because that's what kind of turned Grant into that number one receiver. He could take the seven yard pass and turn it into a 15, 16
1: yard gain. So we'll see. We'll see. Remember, remember, Grant's longest catch was 90 yards, and that wasn't a touchdown. That's right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I still just, it's so it. funny.
0: I think if he was taller, it would have been 100 yards. I think it would have been a touchdown.
1: I think if he was six <laughs> three, I think he would have made it by default. <laughs> it only fell. I think he ran a good like four hundred yards on that play though, because he just stays yeah. around Oklahoma State yeah. all those guys. Yeah. Also, kind of this- an in- interesting thing is um, the true freshman um, Antoine Wesley Cox mm-hmm. from Cabo Steel. Yeah. Uh, uh, where Mahomes has claimed that this guy is the guy who gets jump balls, which is interesting because only Tech and Houston wanted him. And it's rare to see Mahomes just kind of go after a true freshman and say, this is a guy, this is our man. And I'm so, excited
0: for him. I, I think that it, kind of what you were mentioning three or four minutes ago is the fact that Tech hasn't had that sort of guy. You know, we had a we had a tall receiver. He's, his name is escaping me during the Tommy Tuberville days. But, you know, we have just seriously been missing that type of talent and height so we'll see maybe he makes his way into the rotation if it feels like if he if coach feels like we can get it done without him then hey save it for next year you know i think red shirting players is so valuable and it's even more valuable when you really can afford to which is kind of what we're saying about jet duffy so i think there's a lot of potential with
1: anton cox-wesley Yeah, and I think it's now just going with the last name Wesley, but um, also with that person, I think you were thinking about Darren Moore. Yes, Darren Moore. I will always remember when he just abused that Baylor corner, where I still think the guy (laughs) has a restraining order after all that. Yeah. It was not for you to watch um, them go after each other.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, obviously we're we're pumped for the wide receiving core. Uh, Let's I'm going to move to the next one. I think offensive line, I think that's our uh, question mark in bold font. I think that offensive line is going to be a little tricky. Obviously, LaRaven Clark is in the NFL. He's on the Colts now. So we've kind of year after year, maybe not year after year, but every two or three years produce a couple offensive linemen to the next level. So tech has certainly had a nice little pipeline the last 10 years of doing that, but you know, we've got senior Balin Brown, uh, we've got Tony Morales who's very experienced, but
1: we've got some young guns coming in. Isn't Tony Morales on like his eighth year of eligibility, getting his PhD now? He probably <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> I remember his um his I think he's like used, Dan Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been injured a lot and he actually made an award list. The um I forgot which one. But I think that's kind of a good honor and showing just yeah. how much respect he has. Yeah. I think
0: that, you know, obviously the offensive line is something where you just don't – you know when it's bad, but when it's really good, they're clicking so well that you just kind of feel like, oh, wow, the quarterback and receivers and running backs are so great. The offensive line is kind of that hidden gem where when they're perfectly in sync, they make everyone else's job so much easier. And I think that the offensive line coach, Lee Hayes, is certainly – been recruiting some great guys to come in for the 2017 class, so we'll see in a couple of years if those uh, talented high school players pan out. But in terms of this year, you know, I don't want Mahomes to have to be running for his life. I want him to be able to, you know, stay like Tom Brady in the pocket and deliver exactly and not be scrambling and freaked out and have to pull a Johnny or a Michael Vick sort of play. Every other time he has the ball, but you know I think that Cliff Kingsbury obviously I think he's 500 in his career at Tech, 19 and 19, and you know the I think having just an average offensive line is kind of to blame for that because you just sometimes get thrown around by the by the bigger teams. We saw it against LSU in the bowl game. I mean, it was just really hard to run on them, and Mahomes was just kind of as soon as he snapped the ball two seconds later he was about to get sacked so you got to keep your quarterback upright and you got to give your running backs time to run so what are you thinking for offensive line are you
1: are you agreeing or are you are you disagreeing what are you what are you feeling I feel our offensive line is never going to be a question mark with Lee Hayes and it's kind of his thing was a mixed match and he just puts whoever he thinks will be the five best players out there um I remember um, when Justin Murphy went out with an injury last year, that was definitely a big puncher off the line. And him coming back this year, like, that guy is a mammal. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Zach Adams, who's actually from Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is about uh, 30 minutes or so south of where I am. Nice. And um, that guy is um, a legit 6'7". Wow. Um, and so he's also a really big guy. So I think we're going to start going to feed more back to the leech off the linemen where they're mean, nasty run blockers and pass blockers. And so Lee Hayes and Cliff on their respective positions, quarterbacks and outside or off the linemen, are both just head over heels. Like, if they say we want this guy, they deserve to get that guy. Um, And there's no reason to doubt Lee Hayes. Um, The good news is we're not going to have to face a defense like LSU this year. Unless we play him in the Houston Bowl again. <laughs> <laughs> and so let's hope we don't have the face. Uh, when you have four, you know, NFL-ready defensive linemen, yeah. almost, any,
0: yeah.
1: almost any offensive lineman would get destroyed. We should have been matched up versus A&M in that game, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Yep. Uh, but as I said, our offensive linemen, I think, are just um, very underappreciated, but at the same time, um, they're probably going to be a very strong unit this year. Um, right. It's going to be a little bit rough this year, but next year will definitely be their year to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, we're, gonna,
0: the the team is certainly going to be tested early. You know, Arizona State. I don't think they have any future NFL defensive linemen, but you know, SFA won't either. But like we're gonna, they're gonna get tested with. Arizona State in their second game. So in that first game, they need to work out as many kinks as possible, try some different combinations, mix and match, perhaps, you know, in terms of their protection or their, their pulling and and everything. So against Arizona State, they're going to need to really get it in gear and then take it, take what they learned from Arizona State, obviously apply that to La Tech. I think you can beat La Tech pretty easily, and then you have Kansas. And then um, we c- we can go from there. But I think K State is your first your first big test in terms of like okay, these are some bigger bigger boys on the defensive line. So obviously Bill Snyder knows how to play defense. So we'll we'll kind of see where they are
1: uh, by uh, week six or so. What yeah. about D
0: line? What about D
1: line? Um, D line is the one where we're going to see if we actually have people there. Because um, last year was a joke. Um, last year, we had maybe one guy who could play D-line at any other school, and that's Bohoco. And yeah. as I said, when you have one D-line in the Big 12, you're not going to win games. It's end of story. Yeah. Um, we had Taylor Nunez playing, who I think was a quarterback, if I remember correctly, in high school. <laughs> um, that shows you how bad a, that big quarterback. <laughs> um We have Andre Pipkins from the Michigan transfer, who is now – I. I heard he lost 40 pounds this off season Wow! with Coach Witt. And so him, uh, Broderick Washington, uh, Brendan Pahoko, Gary Moore, uh, Lonzo Gilmore, are all going to have mm. to kind of step up and play deep in our yeah. D-line. And I actually think we have some depth for the first time in I'm not sure how long in our D-line, which yeah. we should see benefits. Um, I hope Taylor Nunez enjoys his last year at Tech. Um, and hopefully he's gained a couple more pounds, too, because he's going to see some action, yeah. if he likes it or not. What are your thoughts on our D-line this year?
0: I think they have nowhere to go but up. Obviously, last year was atrocious. They were thrown around like ragdolls in many of the games. You know, games that come to mind are Oklahoma, Baylor. Baylor had one of the best offensive lines in the country. And then LSU, as we discussed earlier i think andre Pipkins coming from a big 10 school that's uh obviously you know michigan has some pedigree so that's great that he was able to find a landing spot at texas tech but you know it's going to be it's going to be really really impressive um it's 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 basically like kind of what comes first the chicken or the egg just from a recruiting standpoint do the recruits at home want to see some off, some defensive linemen, you know, the defensive line progress and become a better cohesive cohesive unit, and then hey, I'm going to go play for Texas Tech, or do they just need to get some studs, build it up, and then it's going to attract players? So that's kind of always a tricky spot, but um, you've got you've got depth this year when you haven't maybe since. King's very first year, but, you know, obviously since really the
1: Leach days. I would agree. Tuberville, uh it looked like a lot of his recruiting strategies was just check a box. Oh, this guy's a four-star, a three-star, a two-star. Um, yeah. And you can just look at our rejects or people that just flunked out, like Michael Starts never made it really. Um, yeah. And there's all these dropouts. And it's bad when you have to take Juco Lyman, And we're hoping Andre Pipkins can kind of come in. Um, Mm -hmm. And I almost forgot, you know, the big name, Houston Miller, Mm -hmm. who I still don't understand how he was only a three star where he just destroyed everyone in high school. Really
0: undervalued, really undervalued. We'll see what he can pull off
1: this year. Uh, Did you see that he had a tweet uh, this morning where he actually uh, brought an air mattress into um, the locker room and he decided he was sleeping in the locker room between two days.
0: I saw that. So he's, He's staying for two days. He's not going to go home. What about overnight? Is he there right now?
1: No, I'm right now. <laughs> I bet you he's found, found a <laughs> They probably, yeah, they they probably kicked him out after a while. But yeah. I said last. Well, if, year, any, if
0: if any position group needs to be there and getting their rest
1: and having as much rest as possible so they can be fresh, it's the D line. I would agree, and you know, as last year, Miller's unstoppable in high school. So we're gonna hope he, he carries that back over and he'll see action. Um I think almost everyone on our defensive team that was recruited will see action um this year. And yeah. then there's some other players who's kind of interesting. Um Joe Wallace um who is a freshman, but that guy is like six foot three hundred and forty pounds so or so.
0: That guy and eats a
1: lot, he's big. <laughs> And that's going to be interesting to watch him and see whether or not he will um, be able to play. Because being a, that uh, weight in high school, usually it's not muscle weight. Where college difference between college NFL and high school is the percentage of fat you have on the player. Yes, exactly. And just a big fat I, kid,
0: and he needs to turn that in. He just needs to be a big
1: muscular guy now, not a fat guy. <laughs> and he's going to be he's going to be there because, uh, gosh. Witt is just crazy. Uh, just some of the workouts he was. I've been watching him do on his Twitter feed, it's just been insane. hmm Bunch of dudes. Well, let's, let's keep
0: moving kind of backwards if you're looking at the defense, if you're on the offense right now. So linebacking core. Last year really was obviously nothing to be too excited about. We've got a couple players coming back and then obviously an unfortunate departure earlier this spring. Um, You know, Devonta Hitton, he's a great guy. Luke Stice, we've heard a lot about in the press that he's, you know, been a great leader and just a kind of a workout warrior. And um, uh, I think that he can definitely kind of come in and kind of jumpstart and bring a bolt of energy to the linebacking crew because last year, led by Pete Robinson and Dakota Allen, who's no longer with the team, um, they they were certainly kind of chasing some guys last year. So, what do you uh, what do you what are you optimistic about, and then what are you worried about?
1: Um, optimistic about, I feel that a lot of our um, transfers are actually going to be a good fit with Colin Hill and Luke Stice are both going to probably see the field a lot more. Um, and then the size. Like if you look over at Jordy Brooks, um, that guy is a beast coming out of high school, six foot two twenty-three. Um, so he's going to be a huge person to deal with in the middle. Um, one of the biggest issues we have for linebackers is we just don't ha- we don't have them really looking like linebackers, run stoppers, power. And it looks like that's one of the things uh, they've been working on is giving them good weight and people like Jordy Brooks, uh, Jonathan Bacone, Luke Stice, Colin Hill, Devontae Hilton are actually looking like linebackers this year, um, which Which is good. You don't want
0: your linebackers looking like chunky cornerbacks, you
1: know what I mean? That's (laughs) kind of what we've had the last few years. That's why it hasn't worked out. They need to hit the weight room. Also, it's sad, but our best um, linemen, our linebackers, was Micah Awe and Dakota Allen, and both of them were off the team. Uh, I uh, yeah. graduated and Alan, um, is now at East Mississippi Community College, um, where he's going to be, I guess that he'll probably be featured on Last Chance U season two. Yeah, he's
0: actually probably going to be in that documentary. I've only seen the first episode of that show. It was pretty, pretty interesting. I, I will get to it at some point, but I haven't seen the rest of the show yet. So a lot, a lot to, uh. You know, maybe a couple things to be encouraged about, but, you know, not sold on the linebacker's position. That's
1: um, kind of my thought. I don't think we are sold on any defensive position. Um, yeah. as I that every single year you've gotten worse and worse on defense. And mm-hmm. let's just be honest here. Out of all the teams in Division One, you're the second worst defense. That's horrible. There's nothing to sell. I mean,
0: it's, it's just kind of this weird balance because Tech – Go so fast on offense, and I think that they can afford to slow down. I think that they kind of they they put the defense, you know, they kind of left them out to dry because they would they would run so fast, and then you know if Tech did a three three and out or a six and out something like that, I mean the defense has no chance when they only had a minute and a half to rest.
1: And that's one of the things I think we're going to see Cliff have to adjust more with. It's just yeah. how difficult it was with everyone. Yeah. And um, you know when you run quicker, and one of the biggest things that I kind of hurt Oklahoma State was I know how bad it sounds when Grant took the kickoff back for a touchdown. It was, you know, our defense was just on the field. They, you know, just gave up a touchdown, and then all of a sudden they were back on the field again.
0: Yeah, they only that had a it. minute and a half
1: rest. <laughs> And you don't have any depth with the defense, and then they're just kind of tired. And one thing, speaking about depth, we had a lot of issues with was we didn't have any defensive backs last year. Yeah. And that's something which it looks like um, Gibbs has decided to change. And I have to say, my favorite defensive back to start off with is Johnson at safety. Because he is... Sean Johnson? Yes. He has been nothing but a beast. Um, for us, and I feel like he is, honestly, right now, our best defensive player.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that, obviously, Braden Fahoku, highly touted, great talent. We'll see what he can develop into. But just from a pure athletic, you know, makes the play, has a knack for being where he needs to be. Deshaun Johnson is your guy. You know, he w- pretty much won the Arkansas game
1: for us last year. Yep, he won the ball more than another guy. On um, Keenan yeah. Ward, who... Always seems to be where the ball is, um, and then we have a couple of players who we'll see. Justice Nelson will show up and play well. Um, DJ Fly Bray, who was a wide receiver and now deepens the back, um, we'll see That's if six would be in a DD. Or I think Justice back.
0: Nelson really needs to put on some weight. Um, he's just I I can't really see him making too many tackles running straight at a running back. You know, if it's if you're running right at each other, it's obviously it's the hardest you're going to get knocked over, but If he's kind of in that side-to-side pursuit, he can certainly kind of strategically make a tackle, but he might get knocked around a little bit. We'll see We'll see in the first few games. Obviously, Oklahoma is the first huge test in terms of running back.
1: Um, Uh, You know,
0: K-State's got a great running attack, and West Virginia's no slouch, but I think that when OU comes to town mid-October the 22nd, you know, we're going to really have to be in mid-season form and – figuring out okay how to actually wrap up because last year it was just kind of atrocious on defense. once, yeah. once the running back got to the third level.
1: Yeah and let's just be honest here Justin Nelson will never be in every down corner. He's more yeah. of a nickel back and I think yeah. that's where we're going to see him a lot this year is in a yeah. nickel back position. Yeah. Um and also um we have to talk about Nigel Bethel leaving. And honestly I'm glad he's gone. He was not he not seem to be yeah he didn't seem to be anything important. Um
0: he's, he's all hype. He's all hype. He's a cocky guy. He it's just kind of a nuisance to be honest. His his effort, his his output on the field didn't match up with his attitude. You know, like yeah. you know how I met your mother, the crazy and hotness scale. You can be a certain amount of crazy as long as you're this hot. Well he was just crazy and he wasn't that hot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, one good play against UT where he wanted the interception more. But at the same time, you can't you you know, the rumor was he got into a fight um during off season workouts, which kind of was his last result. And then he burned his final bridge in track and field when he just kinda of quit on a race. So
0: Which is just pathetic.
1: Yeah, you might as well finish your hundred meter dash. You know, it's not you know, it's eleven seconds and you're done. But, yeah. um overall kinda of glad that he's gone. Um I thought Tevin Madison, when Bethel was out, played very well. But I feel any defensive backs that's under six foot right now probably is going to have some issues um, starting just with Gibbs' system because Gibbs likes very tall, athletic defensive backs.
0: We'll see. Hopefully they start coming in the pipeline in terms of recruiting. Hopefully Gibbs gets a lot of his guys. I know that the 17 class, feels like it's pretty much an offensive lineman and defensive back. So uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, if you're a Tech fan and you want to see improvement in the secondary, I think that your wish will come true. When when exactly will we see that success on the field? I don't know, but obviously in Gibbs' system, forcing turnovers is something that he's always been successful at, and he needs the right kind of DBs to
1: pull it off. Yep, I agree 100% on that.
0: What else should we talk about?
1: Well, we actually have a kicker who got put on an award list with Clayton Hatfield, um, who is a walk-on from the San Antonio area. And also, um, our punter looks like will probably be Michael Barden. And if I remember correctly, he actually led on average yards per punt, but he didn't kick enough times to qualify. And when you <laughs> had, well, when you had um, – I for, I forgot our kicker last year, our punter last year. But when you had that guy booting the ball 60 yards every single time, you're probably not seeing the field as a punter. Yeah, exactly.
0: And obviously third, uh, third down percentage, Tech was so great at it last year. So we didn't punt quite as many
1: times as the average offense. Yep, and we also, if we're on their side, a lot of times we'd go for it because we didn't trust our defense enough to make the stop on the other end. Exactly. Coach Kingsbury
0: kind of had to realize, okay, I'm at the 35. I can't kick field goal. It's too long. Punting is just not worth it. Fourth and five, let's do it. Let's try to go for it. And there was a few times where we successfully made it, and then another time we didn't. We're kicking ourselves, you know, wishing that that, Route would have worked, or you know, a nice little Ian Sadler pass, but um, you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe, maybe this year, those fourth downs, the fourth down conversion rate, will be a little bit more positive in the direction that Tech fans would like.
1: I would definitely agree with that, and and also Mahomes being able to run helps out with our fourth down conversion plan. Yeah. Um, And so. The last thing we really have is the Big 12 Preseason Awards. And this one made me laugh and kind of shows you how much um, the riders actually pay attention. But newcomer of the year is Kenny Hill. And if you take a quick look at uh, Twitter and just a lot of TCUB riders are writing about, Kenny Hill isn't even supposed to start.
0: No, I mean, he hasn't won it outright. Obviously, I think he's got more talent and he's more athletic than, what is his name, Kilhoffer Kill, at TCU? I think so. I can't pronounce it. Um, but, I mean, I think he's got more talent, but does he have command of the offense? Does he Does he basically, you know, is he in sync with his receivers? Is he making, you know, the offensive line look good? Is he making everyone else around him just a little bit better? And I've heard Patterson talk about that. So... Um, I feel like he's athletic enough where he should have earned the job already, but maybe he's not picking up exactly what Patterson wants to execute so far. What, who are the other guys that were on kind of that list? Anyone does anyone come to mind, or was it kind of everyone was thinking Kenny
1: Hill was going to take over and be the new Trayvon Boykin? I think that's been everyone's opinion. But yeah, I, I said I I did not know this until a couple of days ago, but Boykin didn't get drafted. Yeah. I don't no one wasted a pick on him, which I thought was kind of an interesting um thing. I mean, he, think... was a, he was really good, but obviously mm-hmm. he got
0: rest he got arrested the night before the bowl game, which just screams, Okay, this is a guy I really won it. Can he sacrifice one night of partying on the biggest night of his life? A huge game before the NFL draft? It's like Oh yeah.
1: He he and... wanted the he wanted a margarita on the
0: riverwalk, apparently.
1: Yep, and At the same time, that cost them a ton of money. um, But I said, people thought Kenny Hill was going to come in, take the starting job, and just continue. And that hasn't been the case, so it's kind of interesting that he became newcomer of the year. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, in terms of the Big 12 standings, I know that Tech was finished to finish 6th place. I think it's a little low. I would say I disagree with that, but you know, that Big 12 newcomer of the year being Kenny Hill, I think that People are assuming that TCU is just going to be right up at the top. I, I believe they were fixed, picked uh, second. I, I don't know. I think that people are a little bit too high on TCU. I'm just, I don't know if I'm seeing it from an all-around offensive standpoint. They lost a great wide receiver. Um, they they still got a stud running back, but. You just, you don't know. I mean, the quarterback in the bowl game pulled off that miraculous comeback against, or no, he pulled off the victory against Oregon. But, I mean, can he do that day in and day out? I just
1: I just really don't know. I think mean, that's, just as being six, I feel when you look at the teams of Broncos, OU, which is, fair should be number one. They have Baker Mayfield, who got nominated for, Uh, Big 12, Offensive Player of the Year, which I kind of feel with him having two all-star running backs, it will be a little bit harder for him to build his case, because you could put any quarterback, I think the Big 12, that's starting, maybe not Kansas guy, whoever wins the Kansas starting quarterback job. Pretty much every every quarterback except for
0: Kansas, and then I think Skylar
1: Howard, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, in there, and they would win games easily with OU because if you have two running backs and able to honor the run. TCU, um, it's always tough. Um, their defense is anything like it was last year where Tech torched them for 52 points, and we were a foot away from winning on that tip pass. And it's just – Man,
0: I, I still wonder how much like differently the season would have gone. Like just from a confidence standpoint – you know, I think Baylor was still going to beat us, but maybe we wouldn't have been beat by 30 by Baylor. You know, maybe it would have been a much closer game. Obviously, Pat was a little dinged up for that. But I, I think it just – that it kind of deflated our team just a little bit, and we don't have the talent to just check in and execute.
1: Definitely not. And it definitely affected us. I think the real big question marks are actually two teams in front of us, which is Baylor, who every single day there's a new story on the media about something yeah. going on. And so, I would be surprised if Baylor does not at least fire one or two more coaches before the season starts. And then Texas, I, I hope so, um, which is also up there. And Texas will be kind of interesting. They may be starting a true freshman quarterback, which will give Charlie Strong a, b- a bunch of. Bumps, but Texas has a defense, and if their defense is able to shut down, no matter how bad their offense is, they will still be able to win a couple games. They could win every game
0: 23 to 17, something like that. And you still win every game. That's just kind of how the SEC is for the most part. It's changing a little bit the last four or five years, but I don't know. I, I really disagree with Baylor being picked fourth. Yes, they've, they've got some of the most talent in terms of skill position. Seth Russell's great. He's also one hit away. You know, he, he could be in a Peyton Manning situation where if he gets knocked around, you know, something could tweak in his neck and then he's done. We just really don't know. Um, obviously, they don't have a backup because cause Stidham has transferred on. But I, I think that Baylor at four is it's a little high. I, I don't know. I would put I, Baylor at six. I would I would do OU one, TCU. would do OU one, Oklahoma State two, Texas Tech three, TCU, Texas then Baylor. So and, right there, I'm saying that Texas Tech is gonna beat TCU. I don't think we have the goods to beat OU or Oklahoma State. We'll see. That's just my prediction in August. But I think that Tech ends up finishing third in the conference, which is such an improvement and exactly the way that you want things going.
1: Um, as We always have to remember, though, um, just like number three, four, and five in the conference is going to be a very, very close, and even yeah. six with this ranking, OSU, Baylor, Texas, and Tech. You can flip them all. Even West Virginia, if you throw them in there, and you can flip them all around. And it's pretty obvious that those teams are kind of that middle pack, where OU yeah. and TCU right now are the pretty children. Um, Baylor, if Bryles was still around, would still be up there. And there's a bottom tier where KSU is probably a 6-1 team. And it's just Snyder's offense where you have to beat him. He won't beat himself. Iowa State has brand-new coaches from Toledo who did a pretty good job. And Kansas is just a lovable Kansas um, (laughs) where they're going to catch someone sleeping. They've been closed. They almost caught Tech sleeping. They almost caught TCU sleeping. Tonight, Kansas is going to flip that. But give them a couple of years from being able to
0: compete week in and week out. But, gosh, Tech's got to beat West Virginia. I don't know what's happened the last couple of years, but they need to get it turned around against that team.
1: Um, as of last year was a bonehead, one bonehead play, and Mahomes just wasn't able to make the throw to anyone but Jakeem. And when Jakeem had yeah. three guys guarding him, it makes it a little bit harder for him, too. Yeah. But um, with that... So David, I know this podcast went a little bit longer than we thought originally, but do you have it any? Did. <laughs> did you have any parting advice?
0: I think the parting advice is, you know, obviously, whenever you're singing the fight song at Texas Tech games, use use the clean version because you want to represent your school correctly. You know, we will hit them, we will wreck them, hit them, wreck them, Texas Tech. That's the right way you should say it. I've always done that, and I think it's the right thing to do. That's my serious advice, and then my silly, but also serious advice: don't smoke crack. Don't do it. I haven't done it from experience, but I've heard, <laughs> I've heard you should not do it.
1: And I- we don't
0: have to we don't have to keep that part in there. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I just I just put it in there that first day we. You did the link.
1: I really, I'm just thinking that we should keep this unedited. So if you guys hear this whole conversation, you understand that we don't edit our podcast at all because we believe editing <laughs> is censorship. Um, but my Flash advice work slash extra yeah. work. <laughs> uh, my advice is just really simple: is enjoy the football season. It finally just yesterday was supposed to be the first day, and the game got canceled um, due to field conditions. But we only have guaranteed 12 tech games. And it's going to be an interesting ride this next year. Um, We have probably our biggest set of quarterbacks is Graham Harrell. And I would even argue that Mahomes is better than Harrell will be. And it's just going to be an exciting year. It's going to be high scoring, a lot of points. And it's just going to be kind of a great year. There's a lot of this expansion talk that's going on, but we're not really sure if anything will happen. And – all we know for sure is that tech is at least going to put up sixty points and some team against us is going to put up fifty in the same game. And it's going to be a fun game to watch. And I have to echo, don't smoke crack. It's not good for you. And if you watch Family Guy, the last time Peter Griffin smoked crack, he went through a ceiling.
0: <laughs>
1: Even the organic crack. It's just there's no good kind. <laughs> Even if it's from Whole Foods. <laughs> you always have to do that. But Thank you so much for listening to Raider Power to the People. I'm Kevin Reed. David Wolverton, And we'll see you next time. All right. Take care, y'all. Guns up.